I don't want to start by bringing things down a little bit. Oh no. Um, and I tweeted about this on Saturday. Oh. <laughs> uh, Donner's Grove, Illinois staple. Donner's Delight has closed. Uh, are you familiar with Downer's Delight? Yeah, so I, I I saw your tweet. I think I liked it, and then well, liked is the wrong word. Hard uh, sent. I reacted condolences. to it. Yeah, condolences. Yeah. And then what what pursued that like was me like telling my fiance, and then a f- a fury a flurry of text messages between her family, just devastated by the news. So so Downer's Delight for those. Uh, <laughs> not familiar uh i and you most certainly are not um <laughs> is um a breakfast it's like a greek breakfast place that um is located here in downers grove and it's like i described it as the best worst breakfast place in that it's really good sometimes um it's like a coin flip yes it, it really depends on what you order but like you know, generally like your breakfast your breakfast it's, foods are, are safe bets. It's like one of those places that when you eat there and they give you a bread basket, you could either be eating some okay bread or like a crouton that's in a bread it, it, shape. You know what I mean? Yes, because it's just that it's, stale. Yeah, it's just yeah, been sitting there yeah. since 2005. Yeah. <laughs> so Downer's Delight is gone. And like it's being replaced by Honey Jam, which is like a sh- other Chicago. Like it's not like a chain necessarily. Oh. Like, there are like six locations. And like I looked at the menu and I'll say it doesn't look bad. And I'm sure it's even good. But Downer's Delight, the chorizo, pepper, and tomato skillet is no is no more. And I just like I would like a moment of silence here. So let's uh Okay si- and starting now. Cool. Nope. Uh, start okay, so starting now. And now. And okay, are we starting, starting it now. You know, what, you know, we're just gonna forget the whole thing. No, okay. Uh and so if you are listening to this, just pause the podcast, observe a moment Pour here. Pour one out. <laughs> Pour one out for uh, I went. All right, so I <laughs> There's like a giant sign by the road and I went and I was like, I wonder what they're doing with this sign. I wonder if I walk in there because um, I wanted to go one last time. But I found out on Saturday, uh, they cl- I found it at Saturday on th- at 315 in the afternoon and they close at 330. So like, oh, that was I like wasn't the last make- day. I wasn't making it in on Saturday and Sunday was the last day. But Sunday was Easter. So like I had plans with yeah. my family yeah. and then also um good luck getting into a brunch place on easter like specifically on its last day (laughs) on on the final day of the restaurant being open like good luck so i ended up driving by it um with a friend and we were wondering like i wonder if what they're doing with this sign and then we because we were like they probably don't want this (laughs) i'll take this i'll take this sign how dope would it be to have the downers delight (laughs) sign um we're like in my background here or, or like something uh, it's like 15 feet across. Yeah, it would be like <laughs> so we, we walked up to it and we were like laughing like, oh, yeah, no, this is not <laughs> this is not something we could just have. Um, rest in peace, Downer's Delight. You I, will I, be missed. Yeah, what's up? I do have to say Honey Jam is really good. Uh, it's by the Portillo's in Bolingbroke. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I think they might own it. Portillo's might own it. But okay, I, I get, I get very down. confused between Honey Jam and the Jam and Jelly. So now yeah. we have multiple yeah. of each of these locations, honey jam, jam and jelly. Like it seems like it's the same thing. I get so confused by these breakfast places all the time. Get a merger going. Yeah. Honey jam and jelly. Like it's it sounds good. Yeah. It, 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 it sounds it, like honey, comma, jam, comma, and jelly. Yeah. 
and, um, and you could also get like have jam and jelly. Uh, I guess it's the same thing, but jam and jelly sandwiches for lunch should be great. Oh, be great. Ja- uh, jam and jelly are not the same thing, my friend. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to explain to me the difference? Uh, I'd have to look it up. So jelly, uh, jam, and preserves uh-huh. are different. They're all like they're like the same idea. Like yeah, but it is it is dependent on like. If it's like fruit chunks, or if it's like blended up fruit, and oh, if it's okay. like spreadable, it, it, it's they're not like that different, but Wh- they are different. Which ones do you get in the little plastic things at the restaurants that that if you're really hungry you eat with spoons? Yeah, yeah, uh, or just if you you just eat them with spoons because you want to. I, I'm gonna say that's jam. Okay. Or is that jelly? It's not preserves. Preserves yeah, is pres- the one where it's like you're not getting that fresh in a little, fruit. Yeah, you're not getting no. that one in a little table thing at a restaurant. No, but um, there were there was ton of there was a lot of jam and jelly at Downers Delight, and I like oh, gosh, we're gonna end this segment in a second here. I'm sorry, but like I was devastated. I was devastated. Like everyone I knew was devastated. I tweeted about that for, um, from my band's Twitter account because one of the EPs is called Downers Delight, and like <laughs> everyone I know was like responding to that. Like people who I haven't talked to in years were like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> Damn, down is the light. How, how did year. you find out it was closing? Because like, oh man, clearly marketing was an issue if they didn't even like advertise their closing. Yeah, uh, next door. Are you familiar? Yeah, yeah. With the worst app in existence, second to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not on next door because I, I I got on there once because I was it was like the last summer before my senior year in college and I was like, you know, people might like have odds and end jobs that I can do for money this summer. Um, and so I got off that, but my mom sent me just a screenshot uh, of like a post saying like FYI, it's closing. So I called them. I called Donna's Delight. I was like, "Is this true? Uh, is this true?" <laughs> and, it, and the lady was like, "We're tired. We're really tired." And I was like, "Damn, Don, wow. like, you, like, I get it." I, I do have to say, what real journalism you did? You didn't just accept what you heard. Why would I? You, Why would you I? Check went right to the source. Yeah. So I called, and they said they're tired. They said they uh, are having a t- tough time keeping it staffed. And, um, and they're like the, the people who own it and like run it are like, like older. So like, I imagine that you don't want to be doing that forever for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did consider thinking like, yo, how much are you selling this? Pl- like, what if I bought it from you? <laughs> what if I would run it? Um, and my friend Kevin was like, you're going to run a restaurant. And I was like, I'll say this. I don't know anything about running a restaurant, but I know that I would be a little more attentive than they are. Like I would be like. If someone came up to me and said, hey, the bathroom doors don't latch, I would, like, fix that. Yeah, that'd be, like, a day one <laughs> like, fix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it goes. Down is delight. We will be forever missed. Uh, your chorizo skillet will live on in my heart. See you in the next life, brother. It's Hitbox. What's in the fucking box? everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 88 two episodes in a row opening with food breakfast food breakfast too. food yeah yes. to be very specific yes. um I, I said this last week i'll say it again you might not have guessed this based on the the intros here but we are going to talk about video games um <laughs> in, in a little bit we've got some things uh such as the subscription services and and video games and and how that impacts sales and 
things like that, uh, including uh, Soulstorm Odd or Oddworld Soulstorm, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Microsoft's free trials of games. Um, Sean Murray and Hello Games have a new project, and it seems like they might not have learned <laughs> from their past transgressions. Uh, Hideo Kojima is continuing to be himself and puzzling people and making people um, confused despite it's Hideo Kojima. <laughs> and uh, we're also going to talk about Halo Infinite and the potential of a battle royale and so much more. Before we get to that, Justin, how are you doing? How are you? It's been a week. It has been. It's been a week. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been uh, deep into tech week of a musical. I'm actually in a mm. musical I um, heard. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be singing on stage for the first time since I w- well, not even my senior year of high school because my senior year of high school I was I was such a bad singer they gave me the role that I didn't need to talk in. Oh, what was that? Uh, it was once upon a mattress. I played the king. Ah, um, uh, yes, who has mute. a magical spell put on him that he can't yes. talk. So, um, yeah, it's been quite some time since I've sung on stage and. Uh, well, I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, Justin, let's talk about video games. What have you been playing, man? Um, I have continued to play Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker saga. Um, and uh, I it almost feels like each trilogy was created by different humans. And no. they all have such like a different feel to them. And I have the definitive ranking of the best trilogies based on the Lego games. And okay. this might be controversial. The worst trilogy of Lego games um, are episodes four, five, and six, the originals. Interesting. Yeah. Why? They are just, um, they're like really not inventive and creative when you're like going from world to world. Like the stuff you're doing is pretty basic it doesn't feel like the the areas they're focusing on are like the major areas from the games. Like for mm. example, um in Empire Strikes Back, everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, right? It's just so good. It's right. just so good. Uh, let's forget about that whole stupid chase scene with the hand puppet that comes out of oh, the that's great. asteroid. Um but like so the, the beginning of that whole scene, the, the that movie is when they're on Hoth and like Han yeah. Solo first has to rescue Luke and all that kind of stuff. Well, the whole rescue was just you like aligning satellites yeah. to like find out where Luke was. And you yeah. didn't even get to fight the what's the name of that ice creature in the the Wampa. Yeah, you don't even fight a Wampa. You, it's like a dumb cut scene that you see. And then it like cut scenes like the escape all the way to the the hand puppet thing. It was like so disappointing about what you actually played through in that game. Oh, like you you don't fight on Hoth? Well, when you're aligning the satellites, you're like fighting like random people as you're like going to there, but like it's like not even part of the movie you're playing through. Okay, I guess I'm saying like after Luke gets picked up, it just cuts it's just cutscenes it, There's like a get... brief like transition that you like run through the Hoth, Hoth base for like 2 seconds to like get oh, to the next cutscene. Yeah. So like the, it's just not it's not creative. Yeah. Um yeah. the okay. second best is the uh 789 trilogy because yeah. they pretty much tell you the full story. Um and out of all of the trilogies, the, out of all the trilogies, that is the best one at telling you the story. Like, I feel like after playing that game, I generally know what happened in all three of those movies. Okay, sure. But the best are the prequels, because they don't give a fuck in the prequels. Like, they know how dumb it is, and they, like, just play up on it, Um, and it's awesome. I love it. It's just so fun. 
I think if you watch the like I, I watch those movies in February, mm-hmm. they're not good. Mm-mm. But if you go into them ha- like ready for a good time, yeah, you will have a good because it's like, wow, I can't believe you said that <laughs> to someone. Yeah, and they married you. Yeah. Uh, so I was showing uh, Elena a scene. What was I? I made a reference to something, and um. Uh, to to one of the conversations Anakin has with Padme in episode two, uh, and she wanted to see the scene, and it was the scene where he's like, "I slaughtered them like animals," you know, <laughs> about the but the sand people, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Tuscan Raiders, and um, they. Uh, I, I showed her the scene, and he she's like, so he kills these children, and she still marries him, and I was like. Oh, she she goes like, oh, I thought that happened after they were married. I was like, oh, well, he, uh, he does that again. <laughs> like, yeah, I forgot. It, like, only oh, gets yeah, he worse. kills kids <laughs> twice. I forgot that like, you forget that he does that yeah. the first time. Yeah. Um, but but like in terms yeah. of like boss battles too, like think of all the cool like lightsaber fights you could have as boss battles. Oh from yeah, the, from I the mean prequels like they're great. You think about Darth Maul. You think about Count Dooku. Like General Grievous. Like the whole yeah. the whole thing is, is is pretty sweet. Yeah. So like that's the best because it's a self aware, silly, fun, um, and you're like Jedi from the beginning. Uh, so yeah, I, they all feel different. It's still fun. Um, I definitely feel like I'm not gonna hundred percent this game because there's no way I'm getting eleven hundred Kyber crystals. Good luck, man. I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. I did try co-op out. Yep. And um, so th- when you and your partner are not both going to the objective at the same time and you're like at different ends of the map, the switch is essentially rendering two versions of that world at once. Yes. <laughs> and it done run so great. <laughs> Yeah, I figured as much. Go on. And there were still, like, moments of, like, when, like, a a thing wouldn't trigger because uh, Mm -hmm. one of the people was so far out. And then when Mm -hmm. the person came back, it still didn't trigger. So we'd have to, like, reset it. Like, the amount of technical issues definitely rose when we were playing it together. Um, But I, I, I do think that this game doesn't lend to fun cooperative playing as much as some of the other lego games because Hmm. of the open world nature of it um i i feel like a lot of like when you're playing a level it's good with a partner but when you're playing like the open world it's just not as sure fun i guess because it's like less direction and specifically with it running so bad um my fiance was like going nuts like this was her first lego game she ever played Hmm. she shot everything Oh, I see what you mean. And everyone. Yes. Before we moved on. And that's fine in a level, because that's what you got to do in a Lego game. But in an open world. Yeah. That it, it was it was a lot. And like at one point I was like, I was waiting at the objective for, for her. And I was like, where is she? And I turn around and I just see like a crowd of people running away. And there comes <laughs> Luke Skywalker, like running around with his little blaster, like shooting everything. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> so uh That sounds like a good time though. It would it was it was fun. Um yeah. I, I don't think she ultimately had that much fun because she felt like I was rushing her <laughs> when I was just following the objectives sure um but uh uh she did get the lego harry potter game and has been playing that very happily um on okay, her yeah. on her switch uh this weekend so well there you go that tracks that tracks did i see that you had returnal on here or was that just an error uh, i was gonna talk about it. i'll talk about it next week i'll, I'll have okay. more more to say about it next week most likely oh i'm so excited 
Um, <laughs> like I literally, I started playing it today. So, oh, I'm so like, excited. We started playing it. Um, oh, please tell me yeah. about it. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I love Returnal. Uh, I I started Ghostwire Tokyo, Justin. Oh, you started it. Yeah, I played a lot of it. It's all I've played this week. I played about like between fifteen and twenty hours. Oh, I thought the game was only fifteen to twenty hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to the final object, or at least I assume it's the final like mission because it, it's like the point of no return mission. Okay, yeah. Um, at about twelve hours, and I made the foolish decision where I was like, "All right, fuck it, I'm gonna platinum." Oh this. no! Okay. Even though I think it's like a mediocre, fine game. Okay. It's just I want. Here's the thing: like, it's like three percent of people have the platinum for it, and I want Shinji Mikami to know that I didn't love it, but I support. You su- yeah, that, dream. I, think, I think that makes sense. So tell me about the game. Like, what 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 makes just average? What makes it fun enough to at least try to platinum it? Okay, so have you, have you ever played, like, an open-world game? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I, oh, man. It's, like, it is the, it is the, it's for me, the ultimate, like, like, whiffed ball. Like, like, completely, like, miss. Um, okay, so you play as this guy named Akito who gets in a car accident and like the second after he gets in a car accident, he he dies, and the entire world gets raptured. Oh. This fog comes through. To- uh, he's in Shibuya. Um, this fog comes through Tokyo and just r- like raptures everyone up, and everyone just disappears. And he ends up getting possessed by the soul of some ex detective. And hmm. the ex detective is like, "All right, man, we're gonna go and we're gonna find the guy who did this." And you're like, I was actually on my way to go visit my sister in the hospital. Can we go check on her? And he's like, yeah. And so you go to the hospital, and she's the only other person who's alive, and she's been stolen by the bad guy, the guy who's on, like, the cover wearing, like, the spooky mask. Okay. Um, That's an interesting setup. I guess so. And then it's just bumbling <laughs> around, trying to, like, basically, like, you start out, like, the the the, the map is very small because you have to, like, I mean, it's like towers, but it's it's like these gates, you know, like the gates that are in um, Kyoto, the like red ones. That yeah, kind of yeah. like you're, you're going to like cleanse those gates. I think they're called like Tori gates. And every time you cleanse a gate, it opens up at the sector and the fog clears away. Um, so like you go do that for a little while and you're chasing after the bad guy. But like you don't really have a lot of interactions with him like uh, Maybe I've experienced him on screen for maybe 10 minutes, like max. Um, and there's like no connection to him other than like you're just trying to get your sister back. Um, so like the story is like really forgettable <laughs> because mm-hmm. like there's not really much going on. The voice acting is quite bad. Oh. Uh, it starts in Japanese and I'm like, yeah, I'll try this with the subtitles. And then I realized that I had to play the game. And I didn't have time to just read the whole game while I was playing it. So I switched it to English, and the English voice acting is not very good. Mm. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying, like, the Japanese voice acting is so much better than the English one. And I'm like, probably, but how the fuck do you know? Yeah. How, like, how am I going to check my phone <laughs> during well, no, a cutscene? I guess I'm saying, like, how do you know the voice acting is better in Japanese than English? Like, you don't speak it. That's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it sounds like it just sounds like he's speaking Japanese, so maybe that's better. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, 
basically the, the actual game of it. So it is a first person open world game where you are attacking these enemies called visitors. You're, you're fighting off these visitors who are like Japanese folklore myths, I assume. Um, the, it gets into a lot of the like folklore stuff and a lot of the side missions, which I found to be really actually quite cool. But the actual enemies themselves, the, there's like guys who look like Slenderman, who are just tall men in suits with umbrellas that have no faces. I mean, all the enemies just have no faces, but you have like school children, you have like ladies with bags, you have like giant dudes with hammers. Like, so is the, is it creepy a little bit? Uh, not even. A little bit. Cool, it, cool, it, cool. Like to call it a horror game, I, I think is just a like it's it's a horror game, and that's it, it. It's about ghosts, but like, like I've, I, it's not scary. You know, like it's not trying to be scary. It's it's an action game, uh, and you fight them by using magic spells that you have from the ghost detective. Uh, you have three spells, and if you're saying, "Oh, that doesn't sound like a lot," it's not. Uh, <laughs> You have one spell that's like your basic attack that's just like it's like wind, it's green. Um, you have one attack that's a fireball that's like an explosion, and then you have one attack that's water that's like it's like a shotgun, it's like it's like does area damage like right in front of you. But I found that it doesn't do more damage than like the basic attack, it just can attack, it can hit multiple things at once if they're all sort of grouped up. Uh, and then you also find a bow and arrow because sometimes you get hit out of this the detective guy gets hit out of your body or taken away and so the game went oh shit you can't fight <laughs> hmm. so how about he just has a bow and arrow too is it like an old bow and arrow or like it's the detective's old bow and arrow for all those detective cases i, I got let me tell you something i need to visit japan if the detectives are running around with bows and arrows <laughs> if this if i sound unenthused about this it's because it's like fine it's interesting when you when you take down enemies you like rip their cores out and it's like pretty cool and like the hand motions you're doing is pretty cool um but it doesn't like feel good to explore the world because your running speed is kind of slow um uh, you can't like the there's not like parkour elements or anything like that uh you can get on the rooftops by there are these tengu which are like um like flying giant bats, which are like in Japanese folklore. I, like everything is from folklore, I think, um, where you can like latch onto them and it gets you to the roofs. And um, there is an upgrade that allows you to just make them wherever you want. So you can just become Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, I would recommend getting that immediately <laughs> because it's like not fun to get around. Otherwise, yeah, it, It's like yeah. a really big hassle. Um, yeah, it's like... It is, it is unlike a lot of other games I've played in its style, but I think it's just not a remarkable video game. You know? Just uh, average. Uh, I would say it's like below average combat. The premise is the cool part. Okay. But I don't think the premise is taken particularly far. So I think Tokyo is the biggest city in the whole world in terms of population and size. And... The whole thing is, like, everyone disappears, so there's just all of these clothes laying on the ground. But you wouldn't really think that there were a lot of people in Tokyo. I mean, like, I've seen pictures of, like, people are just crammed into spots, right? Um, and, and like, when, when, when there's that big Shibuya crossing, which is, like, one of those 
very iconic places in Tokyo. Uh, if you mm-hmm. are not familiar with it, like in real life, it is the place in Persona Five that everyone knows. Um, <laughs> and Neo Twewi, um, <laughs> the place that everyone was like, "Hey, yo, Neo Twewi ripping off Persona," and it's like, you mean it's in Japan? Yeah, um, it's like a real city. <laughs> it's it's Japan. in like the most iconic Japanese landmark. <laughs> um, but uh, like, I've seen pictures of like how many people are there. And the, like the amount of clothes that are like lying around on the streets and stuff is just like pretty minuscule. And I think that it misses the mark of like, yo, it would be really interesting to explore this gigantic bustling city that has no one in it. Right. Like, like I think that would be kind of sh- uh, shocking is maybe the wrong word, but like, I think that could be really, really cool, but it just doesn't seem like it wants to explore that at all. It just wants to tell this story about you trying to rescue your sister, which is 12 hours long. So essentially, like in terms of like when you're going through the world, then it's basically icon on map. But to get to icon, you just walk to icon. You don't have to find how to get to icon. You just walk across the streets or if you find a Tengu, you just jump over the buildings. So it's like very just like simple traversal to a point where it's just like to the point where it feels like they didn't finish it. To, where it's like, yeah. well, th- there's got to be something more to this. Yeah. Um, but there's just not. Uh, you can fly uh, or glide, I suppose. You have like ghost gliding, you know, ghosts gliding. Yeah. Um, every ghost I've seen glides. Yeah. Well, I guess they're not like walking, I guess. So you can glide, but it's like it's just to get across streets. You know, it's just to like make bigger jumps. Um, and the other big thing about the game is like. There are 240,000 souls to collect. And you do that by you find these little like groups of souls, which are just like a bunch of like wispy. It looks like a bunch of like like steam kind of. And you go and you just absorb them and you can absorb like up to there's like a, a item you have in your inventory and how many you, of those you have is how many you can like grab. So you absorb these souls and then you go. um like drop them off at like phone booths. Like there's like a story reason why, but you, you go do that. And to platinum the game, you have to get all of them. And I said, Shinji Mikami, that is a tall order. My friend, <laughs> I will do it for you. And it's not fun. Oh, <laughs> this game is great. Like there's a lot to collect in the game. Um, this is a good game. If you like checking things off boxes, but like watching numbers go up, that sort of thing, which like is not like I'm not trying to be like um, dismissive of that because I like I do think that's cool and like I like that. But there's just like not a lot to it other than making those numbers go up and stuff. It's got cool style. There's like cool like it gets trippy in certain places, especially with the side quests, which is where I think the game is actually like pretty good um, because like the side quest like, explores a lot of uh, what I imagine are like pieces of, of Japanese folklore and, and stuff, especially in like a modern age, which I think is sort of interesting. Like, I, I feel like a lot of folklore is, you know, comes from the past and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I don't know. I feel like for my personal life, there's no way that those sorts of things affect me. But in this game, like there are all these souls who can't pass on because there's like unfinished business or so. And it usually like is exemplified through one of those like cultural things. So for example, um, one ghost is waiting for his friend to get off the train. But um, if you are the last person on the train, the train takes you to like a different plane of existence. And so you get trapped there. And so you got to go on the train and then you take the train and you go to that 
like plane. So it's kind of cool. But Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, the game that will be on Game Pass in a year. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, this game, oh man. Uh, one more thing about this. There are these times when you can, where you do like, hand, like you have to like draw a little thing on the touchpad. And um, you can either draw it with your finger, you can draw it with your thumbstick, or you can just hold the square button and um, the guy who's inside you, KK, will just do it. He'll take over your body and just do it for you. Um, which is what I do every time because it doesn't work on the touchpad at uh, all. Yeah. And it doesn't work with the thumbstick at all. I don't know what I'm doing mm. wrong. Like I, I've done so many of these things. Did, did you try blowing on it? I didn't Doesn't try blowing on it. I should yeah, try that's, that. Yeah, that's the next the next time. I was just laughing though, because it was like, you guys <laughs> knew this didn't work, so you just had a do it button. Yeah. <laughs> and like on you know, on Xbox, you're not gonna have that touchpad. So it, I imagine it's just gonna, you know, hold square uh uh X to just just get this out of the way but yeah bethesda actually has the uh prime version of the game that they'll release on xbox only i mean it would be it would be have to be like if the game feels like undone because it's just not it's just bland it just feels like kind of like soulless not to make a pun but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like completely unenthused about it, which is a shame because this is one of my most anticipated of the year because I love Shinji Mikami. But like, I was I was confused why like it seemed like no one talked about it because it came out the same yeah. day as Tiny Tina and Kirby, and like I get it, <laughs> like I I just don't have much to say. It's like a it's a video game that exists and you can do what it asks you to do in the game except for that touch thing, um, but like it's just completely uninspired which is a shame oh i'm sorry to hear that but um i'm glad you saved me the money and the time <laughs> yeah well it'll be on game pass in a year so let's hope enjoy it then i see you've got beat saber on here as well you yeah so beat i was yeah i was uh inspired by swinging a lightsaber around in lego star oh, wars yeah, sure sure so um my ps uh my playstation 5's in this room where i record uh, because I played Moss, and I could have just played on my PS4, but I moved it in here, so I'm all set up already with everything. So uh, I just plugged it in, and that's a that's a quality exercise game, you know. Now, well, okay, no, let's take a step back. That's a way for you to think you're exercising, <laughs> sure, um, uh, w- without actually exercising. But it's just fun, like when you get like songs that you actually like. Uh, it's it's just you feel you feel a vibe. Um, my number one song to play uh, is uh, the greatest show. Um, uh, this is the greatest show. Yeah, it's, it, it's the Panic at the Disco track. You get the their version of it. It's it's pretty badass. Impossible comes true. It's taking over you. Yeah. It's good. That's a good. It's great. It's great. Um, Those are good songs. It's not a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, songs are the, yeah, well, the, yeah, the soundtrack is way better than that. It's movie so is. good. The soundtrack is so good. Yes. Um, but uh, the um, uh, it it always just comes back to just the problem with the PSVR in general. Yep. Um, just not being like great hardware. I, I have a lot of issues with the uh, moves. Um, I've situated my room and my camera and everything so no matter where i move you'll see the lights tracking on there and it just all the time like my left uh uh move controller just like starts like wigging out in the middle of a song which nothing quite ruins uh your vibe like seeing a, a sword cut through your neck um but uh 
yeah, it's 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 still fun. I, I went back into it. Uh, I downloaded a couple other songs. Uh, Party Rock Anthem. Uh, just just started uh, playing that I lo- one. Okay, I love that. And uh, the music packs are are they can be good, but a lot of the most recent ones that came out aren't as good. Um, my favorite songs are the one that has like a 90 degree angle kind of deal going on with it. So instead of just like having the stuff come at you, it comes at you from like 90 degrees. Like, so you have to like kind of turn left center, right. And kind of all in between. And they're just so immersive and fun to do. Mm -hmm. Um, or they have the one-handed mode, which makes you feel like you're doing, um, like you're like, uh, what is that called? Fencing, like you're fencing almost. Oh, that's kind of fun. Um, and it just like changes up the gameplay. So you could play the same song a million different times, uh, and you get sick of it after a while. But if you do these different versions, it keeps it fresh. But the song pack I just bought didn't have any of those. It was just oh. all the standard ones. So it just seems like they're missing out on so many opportunities to just make this so replayable. And I think a, a, a music pack is like 10 bucks for like six songs. Oh, sure. So yeah. That's like the rock band know. model, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm a broken human being. Uh, my fiance was playing it. Um, and she's like, I'll buy two packs. And I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, then, just go, go right ahead. Uh, she, she, uh, took off the helmet and she goes, she's like, I feel like a child at Chuck E. Cheese after taking this off. And I was like, you know, like all sweaty. And oh, just like, it's like matted mat. down. Yeah. 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 She, I was like, that's a good, that's a good ex- explanation of it. So, uh, it, but, it, hey. is it fun? It seems like it's a lot of fun. Beat Saber. Oh my God. It's it, it just great. Like before you know it, like an hour's gone and like, you know, you got, you're, you're a little sweaty. Uh, you feel like you've done something, but like, it's just so immersive out of all the PSVR games I've ever played. Like this is the one that I feel like really like uses VR in a way that's, that's the, the thing that like, I mean, you're essentially like a Jedi, man. You're just yeah. hitting stuff. You feel like a badass. You feel like a badass. You don't look like it. You look like an idiot. You're yeah, like, probably you're like, from the outside like, world, huh? Yeah, you feel like you're so cool, like you're just doing these cool like flourishes and these moves. Uh, my fiance took a video of me, and I'm just like wristing everything. <laughs> it's like not, sure, it's like yeah. really not as cool as you think you, you you are. But hey, once you put that helmet on, it doesn't matter what other people think. You're just in your own world there you until go. you hit the the desk or the table behind you. And That's in front the fear of you. for me. It's that like <laughs> the space required is just like not worth the absolute destruction I would wreak on my, reap on my room. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It would probably be really hard in your room yeah. to, to have that set up. Don't work. look at my room. It's like the most. I'm not looking. I'm my, not looking. my here's the thing. My room is just a storage room at this point. You know what I mean? Like, like literally, I have two giant boxes because I don't know what to do with. Like, it's for my computer because I eventually will move probably. Like, no. and I need to have boxes <laughs> for these. Why did you say probably? <laughs> You'd hope, right? You'd hope. <laughs> You'd hope. But, um, I mean, yeah. Just let's talk about the Metacritic Roundup here. Okay, ton of games. Ton of games. I, for one, have been have been counting down the days for this release. Uh, Cat Cafe Manager. Now this is on Ooh. PC. Uh, has a Metacritic score. Uh, by the way, as your familiar listener, uh, Metacritic is the end all be all metric to understand if a video game is good or not. Because it's the only thing that matters. Because numerical scores have no nuance to them. It's facts. It's facts. This is what like politicians are like. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> Cat Cafe Manager uh, has a 60 on Metacritic. Um, people think this is fine. It's like a ma- it's a decent management sim, but um, it, that has like a charming look to it. But it just doesn't have like anything deeper than just 
taking care of coffee orders, you know? It, when you were talking about running a restaurant, I was like, I'm sure you can play Diner Dash. I'm sure running Downer's Delight would be not much more difficult than there's like a, some of those later levels. There's like a restaurant manager thing, uh, minigame in Kirby. It's probably like that, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, though, if Kirby came into a restaurant and he, like, is just, like, there. He has a bib on, like, before he even gets it, like, like sits down. You gotta He's just, watch, I need a table. You got to watch Kirby right back at you. They go to revolving sushi bars with him all the time, and he's just, like, sucking it all up. He's probably not a good friend. Kirby? Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of like Kirby. I eat a lot, and I like to take naps. Yeah, but, like, I don't think you'd ruin an experience at a restaurant. Oh, uh, you think he's ruining it? No, he's enhancing. Pe- like, can you imagine, like, trying to eat, and every time you put your fork down, all of a sudden he just sucks your food away? That's true, but I would probably, like, that would happen once, and then I would have to come up with a plan on how to make that not happen. So if it's Kirby sits at one table and I sit at another, and we just, like, wave at each other the whole meal, he's not a conversationalist. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? every time he opens his mouth he just takes your food yeah exactly uh, i too when i eat things get superpowers um like for example uh i ate pasta it came really stringy Ooh, okay. uh, it was spaghetti I, yeah so i became like really stringy yeah i ate a whole bag of uh wa- sour watermelon sour patch uh, uh jelly beans that's oh jelly that sounds awesome yeah, and guess my my power after that was a tummy ache. Yeah, I it will eat milk or ice cream or cheese, or, and I um my power is uh, farts. So let's talk about the news, Justin. It's not like an eventful news week, but like things did happen. Some fun stories. I, I want to talk about this. This one I think is a little is is interesting to me. Uh, you remember Oddworld Soulstorm? You played a little bit of it, didn't you? Yes, I did. I did too, and I was like, oh no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> not uh not my game did you did you beat it did you stick with it no uh i i mean i played uh munch's odyssey which was kind of like a 3d world back yeah. in the day um and i like that it was fun but this one is that traditional odd world like 2d side scrolling and it's like a side scrolling puzzler and it's yeah. really about how do you save as many people as possible um, and when I'm playing it, I just get so frustrated because some of these puzzles, like to get through a puzzle is not hard, but to save everyone is really hard. And it get, it gets me back to that whole thing about being like, oh, there's a bad ending if, unless you save everyone. Right. And if that's the case, like, oh, shit, I can't get the bad ending. I'm going to ruin the game by like making sure I 100% everything on my first playthrough. Yeah. Um, so it was just a lot of stress playing it for a game that ultimately wasn't that fun. No, and and like there was a lot of PlayStation Five marketing for this game. If you remember, like this was in a lot of those early um, showcases for the the system before it came out, and I think even after it had come out. Um, and I was always of the opinion of like, uh, it's kind of like it's just like an Odd World game, right? Like, what like, is this? Right. Is this a game so powerful that only the PlayStation Five can handle it? Um, which I think could be said about a lot of games, but I digress. Uh, basically. Uh, creator of the Oddworld series, Lauren Lanning, uh, has come out and talked about it, how it being on PlayStation Plus uh, kind of hurt it. And in his words, he said it was devastating for game sales. Uh, so in an interview with Xbox, uh, ex- the Xbox Expansion Pass podcast, uh, Lanning had said that the studio was expecting that it would be selling between like 50,000 and 100,000 copies. That seems about right to me in terms of who would buy an Oddworld game. Um, 
And how that said, but when it went on, uh, I'm sorry, let me say that again. It was free on PS Plus, which is why we both played it. And it was downloaded 4 million times. So not only is that a lot more than 50 to 100,000, that is like a lot more than 50 to 100,000. And because of that, Lanning thinks that the studio um, missed out on a lot of sales that the game would be having had it not been on the service. I want to throw it to you because I want to hear what you think about this. Do you think that, like, that is, how do, how do you think that shapes game development moving forward? Because addition, in addition to that, some context, Lanning says that basically the project might not have been finished had PlayStation not said, you know what, we're going to pay to get this done for it to go on uh, PS Plus. I, I mean, I think a good game, no matter what, is going to be a good game. It's going yes. to be successful. Yes. Um, I mean, you look at uh, Rocket League. When that game first was released on PlayStation Plus, one of the reasons it became what it is today was because people got to play it. And they're like, well, shit, this is actually really fun. And it was like so many people downloaded it that the servers couldn't hold up um, and all this other stuff. And like it was like it was like an event when it first came out on PS Plus. Like that's how it launched. And yeah. now it's one of the biggest properties out there. Still, like, there's a competitive scene. People still play it. It makes a ton of money through actual. I think it's free to play now, isn't it? Rocket League, I think so. So it's free to play now, but then they sell like their their character packs and stuff like that. And um, any game, like, there's so many games that are on PS Plus. Uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five was on PS Plus. Yeah. It was on Game Pass for the longest time, and that game is still consistently one of the top ten sellers. Um, I think what either will happen when you get a game on a service like Game Pass or PS Plus is that people who wouldn't play it will play it and they'll either find out like, oh, there's a reason why I didn't play this or they'll be like, oh, I love this game. I want to play this. I can't wait for the next one. And I don't think those five million people would have even come close or four million, however many that was, would yeah. even come close to buying this if it wasn't for the fact that it was free on a time when there wasn't a lot of stuff out for your PS5, this was a brand new shiny game that people were like, ooh, this could be the next big thing. It was primed to be an awesome thing for um, Oddworld, for people to play it. But it turned out the game just wasn't what people wanted. It's not a mainstream game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, like he calls it a double-edged sword, and I think that that is very on point because you know he says like, that that PS Plus deal got this in the hands of so many people, way more people than they were expecting, right? But on the other hand, that also resulted in a, as he calls it, a devastating sales sales numbers, right? Yeah, and so and th yeah. I, th that's why marketing has to be so hard when you're really thinking about that kind of stuff because, like, it, it's probably hard to like look at their decision initially as a bad decision, right? Because um, well, you're like, like well, more people service. are going to play this. Yeah, like that is yeah. always a good thing. Exactly. But um, and then yeah. turns out that for this game, it didn't work out for them. Yeah, because you kind of have to weigh like the money that we're going to get for getting four million players versus the money that we're going to get for getting one hundred thousand purchases. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I think that's interesting. So, uh, so um, yeah, go on. 
did, did it say they were expecting 550 to 100,000 sales initially? Yeah, so he said in the on the podcast, uh, the most we could sell is uh, is less than the money we're getting. We might sell fifty thousand units at launch, maybe one hundred thousand. It was pretty small numbers because there uh, wasn't going to be a lot of PS fives. Okay, so which this, is interesting because I think it was also on PS four too, but I might be making that up. Uh, it yeah, I think it was actually. Um, regardless, I think it was maybe only free on PS five though. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, you were saying. So doing the basic math, the game is $39.99. Yep. Low numbers here, 50,000. If they sold 50,000 units, that comes out to about $2,000. Two million, sorry. No, it doesn't. (laughs) $2 million. (laughs) It's like $2 million, right? Okay. So do you think that initial sale, like when, when Sony's paying for it, do you think they paid them $2 million for it? Like and, and that's where it comes down to like yeah, I don't know like Sony never re- like I think uh, it's it's like uh, developers aren't allowed to say how much yes they I do, got they for are it. yes NDA or whatever about it is it, yeah. um, and uh, like I think it makes sense why to a certain degree like how can you project sales numbers but like if they're like fifty thousand to a hundred thousand that's how much we we plan on selling I'm sure Sony's like all right we'll make sure you get at least that much. Yeah, probably, right? I mean, I, like, I don't know. I, or maybe maybe a little bit less. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm sure they were compensated well enough from Sony to get it on the service. Um, apparently not, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I have to imagine that they would probably, like, it probably is going to be less than what they're projecting because yeah. the promise is like, hey, Guaranteed you're going to finish this. Yeah. You are going to make money. And you're gonna have four, you know, four million people play this, um, which, if your game is good, could cause a lot of great word of mouth, you know, because like, yep. you know, it was on Xbox. Was it on Xbox? No, was it? I think it was. Hold on, Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah, it's on Xbox now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it's on everything except for the Switch, uh, but PlayStation Four. Yep. Xbox One. So like, and you know windows and and all that if you like if this game was good or was like wowed a lot of people then you're gonna have everyone talking about like you you gotta play odd world and it's like okay it's on xbox like should i buy it yes but unfortunately it just didn't didn't uh go in their favor yeah it was rough what was that what was that metacritic score it must have been like well so that that this is part of 70s. the issue with um it probably being uh played by way more people than normal. The PlayStation version has a sixty six. Okay. Yeah. The okay. PC version has a seventy three, and the Xbox Series X Enhanced Edition has an eighty three. Hmm. So uh, you know it numbers like that tells you that there's something bigger going on than it just being the game is better like that much better with the enhanced edition um i think just more eyes on it was a bad thing for the game and you can't predict that i mean you probably you want more eyes to be on a good game but it just turned out to not be the the right gamble for the company i don't think i think ultimately this isn't going to hurt subscription services no, and I, I don't. I think this is a cautionary tale for studios to really consider. Hey, is my game maybe? Is my game going to be benefit? Is my game going to benefit from being on one of these services or not? Um, 
it sounds like uh, they were in the odd world. It's called Odd World Inhabitants is the studio. Uh, was in something of a tough position because they weren't able to. It sounded like they weren't maybe going to finish the game had it not been for Sony's investment. But um, yeah, what can you do? So sorry, what Odd World. Can you do? I hope you're making more, doing whatever you love. How's that? So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. for the people who like this game, I'm sure they like this game. Is more of that. But. Yeah, people who like Oddworld. And, I mean, it is a long-running series, so uh, I played that on the original Xbox. Don't know which one. He was in a canning facility. That's the one. Uh, I think that was Munch's, Munch's Odyssey. That was, that was one of the better ones. But Stranger's Wrath, pretty good game. Is that Oddworld it's, game? It's an Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. It's like kind of like a offshoot, um, almost like a th- first-person shooter. Oh, with cans, um, right? Uh, no, it's not with cans. It's with like little critters. Like your ammo for your little, little crossbow is like different critters that you find. That's kind of fun. And, like each critter, it's almost like Angry Birds, kind of like how each critter has a different power or oh, something sure, like that. Yeah. Um, and it was th- that game was good. I like that game. Well, dang. Uh, also talking about subscription services, Microsoft according to an analyst paid between five to $10 million to get guardians of the galaxy on game pass. Um, I'm not sure exactly what else to say about this. This is coming from David Gibson, who is an analyst that has worked um, for, uh, sorry, has been covering square Enix for 15 years. So, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think when it comes to this, Um, but I'm not exactly sure where he is getting these numbers specifically because they are uh square enix in particular is is pretty tight-lipped about this sort of thing but five to ten million dollars for guardians of the galaxy to me i mean I, I don't have the other numbers in front of me but to my understanding that is not that much when it comes to game pass exclusive not exclusive stuff but game pass launches and things like that right because like wasn't um outriders so- somewhere around there as well or, or things like that well, so it didn't. Guardians wasn't initially on the service. It oh, got on the service right. a couple later. months, like yeah. a month, like a month, like this past month. So, like to me, Xbox shelled out that much money for a game that's retailing at twenty nine ninety nine right now. And just to do some more bad math, uh, I, I I won't mistalk my numbers right now. Again, using the low end here, five million dollars uh, divided by twenty nine ninety nine comes out to about one hundred and sixty six thousand uh copies of the game that they're basically getting paid for by just putting it on game pass sure um and i think at this point of the game the the way the way game sales work is generally you sell the most at the beginning of it when they first gets uh, uh released yeah then you have your holiday season which was kind of the same and then sales drop off at that point um and so they're probably like this is a great deal. We get some extra money. We get this boost in people looking at this game, more people playing this game, which is a freaking good game. Yeah. And getting ready for that next sequel. If they come out with another sequel, so more people, by the time we get to that second game, we're like, fuck yeah, this game is awesome. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this seems like a great idea. This seems like a good move for, for Microsoft to make Game Pass worth more. Um, and it seems like a great uh, deal for, um, uh, what, is the, what is the... Eidos Guardians Montreal. Company? Eidos Montreal for getting something that I know sales seem disappointed, uh, disappointing at first. And by sales being disappointing, the fact that the game is already $30 um, kind of tells 
yeah. a bigger story to me. But but I mean, Square um, Enix has traditionally been like all of its its games developed by like Western Studios. It's like, yeah, we were pretty disappointed in this, and it's like, yeah, what you, we were what expecting the fuck twenty million sold. Babylon's in the first Fall, month, I think, dipped below what was it, a hundred players. <laughs> that's their it's a MMO, good game, right? Or it's a good that's game. their like. Uh, how do you say it? like uh, live service game live service game yeah yeah um and <laughs> they're talking about how they want to support that for a while if that's stupid they shouldn't um they should invest in more games like these because this was a weird breath of fresh air i think in terms of like this is a huge property like marvel is huge yeah i mean guardians of the galaxy specifically are huge and the fact that yeah. this was a single player only game Without trying to, you know, like throw in a multiplayer aspect w- w- element, which they absolutely, I think, could have done with the existing mechanics, I think, um, is kind of an anomaly. But I, I think it's it's pretty sweet. And I think the game is quality from top to bottom. It's a beautiful looking game. Yeah. Um, I think the the my one of my biggest complaints with it was I think the main story outstayed itself about four hours. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, playing a game that is long isn't always a bad thing. <laughs> No, I would have so. a hard time revisiting it be based on the conditions I played it in. Well, yeah, didn't you already get the Platinum too? Yeah. So literally, there's uh, the Platinum is the, the game over thing. But yeah, I don't need to play that game again. No, no. But that's because it is a story-driven linear. Well, I guess it's kind of semi-linear because it's got some of those choices. But it is a um, a delight from top to bottom, I'd say. Speaking Good of Game, game. Pass... Uh, Microsoft is sort of like extending <laughs> Microsoft wants people to have buy game pass surprise. <laughs> I know uh, we're all shocked. People are fainting in parliament, but um, <laughs> in parliament, <laughs> I think that's a saying they're, it's they're like, taking their powdered wigs off I think it's and women, dusting their eyes it's like women faint in parliament or something like that. It's like, ooh, shocking. Um, yeah, Microsoft is giving away <laughs> game pass. Uh, not like it, it trials to people who have played previous Halo, Forza, um, or Age of Empire games, which uh, on PC, which is kind of cool. I mean, like, I, it's just like Microsoft wants people to play this uh, to to have Game Pass, and they want people to get the taste of it in the way that when I was 15 years old, I had Spotify Premium for three weeks because I there was like an ad for get it for free for three weeks, and I was like, yeah, I can do that, and then once. I've got that. I'll just go back to, um, you know, you know, five skips a day or whatever it was. And then I said, I'm not going to go back to living like that. I will pay $3 a month. I'll just do it. Um, It's worth it. Yeah. And so I I think that like that seems to be a reason why they might be doing this. Yeah, because like uh, all you got to do is play one xbox game every three months for it to be like worth that service like one new game yes every three months one one new 60 dollar game if you bought halo infinite at full price you're an idiot because like can i tell you something i'm not proud of this and i didn't do it so oh no like i okay you know me i love i love a disc i love a disc i love i have like on my little shelf downstairs Got all my Xbox games, all my PlayStation games, all my Switch games lined up. It looks so good. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I don't have Halo Infinite because <laughs> I have it on Game Pass. And, and yeah. the Halo Xbox that I got came, came with a digital copy of it. So it's like, I don't, 
have a copy of this game. And it was on sale for $30 with a steelbook. And I was like, that looks... Oh, no. Like, I didn't do it because it's that's $30, man. And one day that'll be in a bargain bin, right? Like, but... Yeah, but I, I think in, even in your situation, though, your situation's different because you like it for the collection aspect of it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you're not just a consumer who's going out there because Johnny wants it for Christmas and Mom gets it for Johnny at the store rather than giving Game Pass to the yeah. store. Um, I just think the more that this becomes standard, the better it is for the service, the better it is for gamers, and the better it is for uh, Microsoft. So, like, I, I don't, there's not a negative about getting this into more people's hands. Yeah. I think if people are against Game Pass at this point, um, they're obviously just Microsoft haters for no reason other than they don't like Microsoft, um, or they just haven't tried it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, it's wild that there are the people who are, like, <clears throat> unironically doing, like, console wars in the year 2022. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many people who are like, "Wow, Xbox pays off so many journalists to speak so kindly about their service." That's the best deal in video games ever. <laughs> like, like it, it takes a single second of thinking about it to be like, "Oh, this is fucking dope. <laughs> this is like really cool." Um, yeah. So there you go. More people are gonna buy Game Pass, I assume. Uh, Game Pass on PC is is a little bit of a mixed bag, but um, I, it's still usable. It is it is still serviceable. That's for sure. Let's talk about Hello Games, Justin. So, Hello Games has a new project that is not a sequel to No Man's Sky. Oh, I know. Man, I'm disappointed. I so like No Man's Sky is you know one of those games that I think Cyberpunk wants to be, where um. They really turned it around in the end, and they really, like, figured it out, because No Man's Sky, if you're not familiar, launched, uh, and it was, Hello Games had talked it up as being one of the greatest games of all time, that it was infinitely large and and ever-expanding, and, like, it it was going to be a new experience that people had never really played before. And then it came like you out. You could do whatever. Yes. Anything. It, it, was, it was infinitely large, and you would never go to the same planet twice, and your experience would be unique. And that's not untrue, but it's not, it wasn't a good game. Like, like it was pretty basic in terms of, like, what actually was in it. Um, I think any time that developers make really big statements like that, like, that should make your eyebrows raise, I think, a little bit. Um, but... It was a massive disappointment. Well, through a lot of hard work and a lot of support over the years, No Man's Sky has turned into a video game that a lot of people really like and is a vastly different experience from what it was when it first came out. To the point of people saying like, hey, this is pretty much almost like what you guys said it would be. Uh, it's just that, I think, when did that come out? 2016? Maybe? Uh, 17, maybe? maybe? A, um, a while ago. Yeah, it, but like, it has gotten there tooth and nail by by building that game brick by brick basically in front of the eyes of everyone who's playing it right <laughs> um i i've heard it's good now i it's, it never really seemed like the kind of game i would play and at this point like it sounds like it's gotten too far away like like too deep for me to be able to jump into it so you never played it at all no like i played it when it first came out um and like the whole goal is to get to the center of the universe kind of thing yeah um and like I did that for a while, um, and then I just got a little sick of it. I'm like, I'm going to name every planet Justinia. So I, Justinia 1, Justinia 2. I messed up the counting one, so I had to start <laughs> over. That's awesome. Um, but uh, it was, like, fine. Uh, it was just very, like, 
empty yes and bare yes um i went back to it when they had the multiplayer update out a couple uh like uh, probably a year to a couple years ago at this point um it was better like third person camera base building all this other kind of stuff to mm. the point where it's like you start the game from the beginning it's completely different um and this is something that i've been actually thinking about once it comes to switch that might be something just to like be a good like mind turned off game because yeah. it's kind of like a little bit it's it's like a little bit uh serendipitous to like play this game and like the sounds it just is very like kind of like soothing and like relaxing and stuff mm-hmm. um i'm sure if i did acid and i dropped some acid when i played this game i'd be in another realm sure it, it seems to me like um a similar to like a game like minecraft or satisfactory where like built you know building up those resources and and yeah. building things is is you know kind of cool but no Man's Sky is a game that had a very tumultuous life, oh, God, but turned yeah. it around. Yep. Turned it around. Thanks. Like few games do. Like few games do. Like almost no games do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks to a lot of hard work and people who love to zone out, do acid, and play. <laughs> um, I got a new evening plan. <laughs> but you think that you'd think that Hello Games would go, oh, yeah, when we work on our follow-up, you know, whether it's a sequel or whether it's just a completely new idea, we're going to play it a little bit closer to the vest in terms of promises and stuff like that. Well, uh, they said that uh, it is so ambitious <laughs> that it would seem impossible to create with even a 1,000-person team. Uh, I mean, Hello Games is, is an indie studio. Like, it just is. Like, it is not, <laughs> it is not that big of a, a studio... And um, saying that is kind of wild, like almost illogical, right? Like, why would you say that? Don't yeah, don't just, do that. You were on Stephen Colbert like, talking about this video game, and then everyone played it and was like, "Hey, why did you tell that to Stephen Colbert?" <laughs> like, you know, why would you why would you say this now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like it just mind mind blowing to me that this they would even say something like this i mean sean murray was like to the point where th- we're talking like blue box game studios level reaction yes uh to to this team and this project and everything death threats um harassment online all this horrible stuff and it's all just because they overpromised. um if they would have just said this is a relaxing game where you can go to any planet you see explore it get resources do this kind of stuff eventually we'll add all this other stuff people would have been fine fine is the wrong term you know the internet Um, i don't know man like is is if you say hey we're making a relaxing game where you can mine some stuff and travel to the center of the universe and we were planning on adding a bunch of stuff later does that get you the sales that they got or I mean, like versus saying this is the most ambitious game of all time. No person's experience will, no two people's experiences will be the same. This is a unique experience, the most ambitious game ever made. No Man's Sky, right? Like, like I think those are different pitches. Well, I mean, yeah, but like as a company, you could destroy your company like that. I mean, look at CD Projekt Red. Yeah. CD Projekt Red goes from being like everyone's like like you can do whatever you want yeah to cyberpunk comes out it's like can you do it a, like was witcher 3 just an accident like right. i don't believe in you anymore yeah um that's fair that is very fair people are never going to trust this company again and yeah maybe the sales on that game will be good initially 
but the damage that you do next is project, so, the damage yeah. you do that your name is out there in a negative thing. And granted, they've done nothing but but fix this game and since it came out and make it better and make it something that they're probably really proud of as a studio. But dude, you got to learn from the past. You don't don't say anything about ambitious. <laughs> just just say like we're having a new game. It's not a sequel to No Man's Sky. But if you like No Man's Sky and you like our work, you'll love this game. Yeah, it's that's so going to get people hyped, right? Because that would get people hyped because No Man's Sky is so popular now. Like it is so popular now still. Right. So, yeah, you're, you are 100 percent right. Justin, and we should work there. This game, uh, I, I do remember it was a PlayStation exclusive when it came out. No Man's Sky? It was $60 yeah. when it came oh, out. Oh, that's why I didn't play it because I didn't have yeah, PlayStation. Yeah. I, and I bought it right when it came out. Um, $60 is how much it was when it came out. Like, yeah. That's that's insane. Um, not 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 that the game wasn't like we're, it, just like what the game has become now is like, a, I think it's $30 maybe. Yeah. You, and and buy it. like to your point, yes, it is a. Like it probably isn't not worth sixty dollars potentially, but for what it was said to be and what it was, that makes the disparity feel a lot. Like you feel the differences between what it was promised to be versus yeah. what it like actually was. So yeah, well, the game is actually still the base game is sixty dollars. There's a sale now; you can get it for thirty, and it's on. Um, is, it, is it on Game Pass? It's on Game Pass. Yeah. So That's what I so there you go. Oh, it also says it's VR. Uh oh. Is it VR compatible? <laughs> you've, been, you've been dipping into that VR. Oh, there you go. You got it right there. <laughs> what if? <laughs> Just going to wear that for the rest of our recording. Where do you buy acid? Anyway. Uh, I'm, Justin, the worst person to ask that. I don't know. Is it? It's like a Listerine tablet, isn't it? I don't even know. Anyway. Let's... <laughs> I think that's what I remember from Dare from fifth grade. Um. Well, they put on little like sheets of paper and like you can put on like a gummy bear, like a little drop of a gummy bear. Um, okay, so this is a side note. Uh. I used to teach uh, uh, a class to seniors, a senior literature class about rebellion. Okay, and I had Drug Week. Oh, that's fun. And we talk about like different like rebellious drugs and like how drugs are like kind of like synonymous with rebellion, from like cigarettes to like acid and all this stuff. Well, what turned out to be Drug Week turned into Drug Month, and I think if I did anything, it was to like. I, I don't. I, let's hey just man, say, that's how you get high schoolers to pay attention, though. Yo, we're doing drug week. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you going to drug week? Like, yeah, man. Dude, that spirit week is insane. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, a lot of spirits. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere you look. <laughs> just talk about Allen Ginsberg, and you're fine. Um, that, <laughs> that sounds like fun. Like, like I would be interested to learn about that. Yeah. It the only thing that lesson did though was teach me that like is asked something I should do. I um I read <laughs> you had me read um heroin diary yeah dear Her yeah. was it heroin diaries heroin diaries it's not called dear yeah. heroin that's insane dear heroin <laughs> um and I learned a lot because I don't I'm I'm not like well versed in drugs and I was like googling so many things it's like what is that <laughs> um nikki six lived a very interesting life let's talk about video games specifically kojima productions not at all related to drugs um nah. actually probably not japan yeah, is very Metal harsh Solid five on those sorts of things um, oh okay well i mean right like whatever uh 
the man Hideo Kojima, who we are fans of, um, his, okay, which account tweeted this? Okay, Hideo Kojima's personal account uh, tweeted out on, when was this? Sunday, I think? April 14th. So that was last Thursday night um, at 11.07 p.m., which I imagine is a regular time in Japan. Uh, tweeted out a the PlayStation Studios logo with, like, the banner that has, like, all of the little cutouts of characters. So you've got, you know, uh, Ratchet and Clank. You've got Jin Sakai, Mr. God of War, Ellie from The Last of Us, Selene. Like, you know, all of, all of the different little characters. And then one of the, like, little slits on the side... On the very, the very far left is one Sam Porter Bridges from uh, Death Stranding. So he tweeted that with no caption. And then immediately followed that up by saying, uh, oh, sorry, not even immediately, almost 12 hours, more than 12 hours later, followed that up by saying uh, from the English Hideo Kojima account, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding, but Kojima Productions has been and will continue to be an independent studio. Obviously referring to the assumption that many people made that, hey, Kojima Productions has finally been purchased by PlayStation Studios. Death Stranding was a uh, PlayStation exclusive title. A lot of Kojima's other work has been PlayStation exclusives. Um, what, uh, I mean, do you think that this was anything? Did you think that this was anything when it happened? Did you see it? I mean, you tell me that Sony buys Kojima Productions. I would be like, okay. You know, like, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to take this as it being um, Kojima seeing this banner and being like, hey, this is pretty cool. Hey, my character got included in this list of other yes. great games yes. and characters. Um, I think the banner replaced the Astrobot character with the Sam Porter Bridges character for whatever reason. Maybe let's read into that for a second. Maybe Astrobot's coming to to Game Pass next. Thing uh, we know. I mean, Astrobot's on it. Oh, far okay, right. Then yeah, okay, I see it. Never mind. Okay, so whatever. The they added it. They just ex, they extended it. Whatever. Um, I I I think this is the power of Kojima, and this goes into the fact that Kojima's got to know who Kojima is. And he's got to be careful because whatever people saying like, oh, no, Sony's buying it, whatever. This is Sony and Kojima. That doesn't matter. But remember what happened with Blue Box, my favorite company ever. Um, And how when Kojima was like backing up those rumors, like to like joke, even if it wasn't a joke. Yeah. Didn't come off that way. And it significantly hurt Blue Box Studios because of that. Not saying that the only reason Blue Box Studios isn't what, where it's at right now is because of Kojima, because we've listened to the podcast. Oh, we've heard gosh. the interviews. It's more than that. Yeah. I um, want to talk to you about that at a certain point. <laughs> go on. Hey, go on. It's, it's exhausting, um, but go on. But I, this is the same vibe. This is the same thing. This is this, These people are the people who, when Kojima tweets anything blow it up yes so kojima's got to know he has that power um and he's uh, careful's the wrong word um i just think he was proud i think he was happy he wasn't trying to make a joke with this he thought this is a cool thing i saw this is my game with all these other games look at this well because like um, playstation is very uh careful with its with the way that it brands itself right i mean they are not going to throw Abe from Oddworld on here, even though that game was part of, you know, the PlayStation marketing. Well, I, I mean, I think 
Death Stranding was published by PlayStation Studios. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if that's exactly true, but I think it, it was has some relation to it. So it makes sense why it would be on here. And I agree. Yeah, I would be stoked because like PlayStation is not going to just be throwing that out for anyone, right? Like it, it is going to be doing that only for specific characters and specific games and spe- uh, specific studios. So yeah, I, I think that people love to jump on this. Like I, I think people see this and do not think about it at all. You right? Like do not think about like they just don't think about it, and they and they shoot themselves in the foot by being excited about like oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he did it. He's been purchased by Sony, and he's tweeting about it at eleven oh seven p.m. Right? Like right, right. Well, why and, would I mean, that be go- when they would talk about it? This goes back to you calling up Downer's Delight to see if it's true, right? These people who retweet this stuff and make it stories and, like, bring this stuff usually aren't journalists. Like, a lot of it just has to do with social media traffic. And then once it becomes a big enough story because of the traffic, that's when outlets start picking up and reporting on it because then it does become news, right? Once you have all these people talking about it. Because the news Um, is, like, people are speculating that this is happening, right? Correct, correct. Versus this is happening. Right, right. Um... So I don't know. I, I think just one of the things about the video game industry that I think it's sometimes uh, with any industry, t- look at video games, sports, anything that has a very highly passionate, concentrated uh, kind of group of people watching or following it, you're going to get stuff like this when it happens. Um, I love sports and the same stuff happens all the time with people speculating about who they're, who this team's going to draft or who they're going to sign or are they going to cut this player or what they're going to be doing it happens all the time. And it's just about people getting their faces out there um, and talking about stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yep, 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 yep. Um, and they replace the concrete genie. Oh, that class. Oh, that's by polyphony. Pixel Opus. Pixel Opus. Yep. Pixel Opus. Um, <laughs> They all, they made another game recently, didn't they? Or was that Concrete Genie? Uh, Con- Concrete Genie was the first one they came out with. Uh, the other one I thought was like a little arcadey game. Um, I don't remember what it was though. But uh, I must entwined. Know. Entwined. Yeah. Okay, so that's not what, uh, so Concrete Genie is the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Entwined is from 2014. So <laughs> congratulations, Hideo Kojima, being on that banner. That's I'm pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, I wonder what he's gonna do with all that Sony money he got. What's he gonna <laughs> do with all that Sony money? Uh, yeah, probably he whatever he wants. <laughs> like, I, make I think a game, make a game for Xbox. I think that's the that's another one of the rumors. Um, but whatever. I I think he is one of those creators who has the clout behind him to go to probably any publisher that he wanted and said could say like, hey, I want to do this game. Can you help fund this? And they would probably say. Yeah, you make stuff that, even if it's fucking weird, sells a lot of copies. I mean, he made a game about a mailman who travels by foot across the freaking country with all the mail strapped to his back like a ridiculous, like, game of Jenga. Yeah. And that game, I liked it a lot, actually. I think if I played Death Stranding, it sounds like the kind of game that I would never stop thinking about. Yeah, Especially in the year 2022, following, like, the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. I think it would probably make me cry and cry and cry and cry. That's giving it a lot of credit. <laughs> I th- the vibes, man. Vibes. You get a lot of thumbs up. Struggling. Every time you die, the baby gives you a thumbs up. You're struggling through through the waste. And then all of a sudden, what do you see? <gasps> a ladder. Someone thought of me. 
someone did this to make my life better. Someone yeah. it is it is the it is a game it is a game interpretation of walking around a parking lot with a shopping cart. You don't have there is no there is no moral there's no incentive yeah. to put that right. shopping cart away other no. than you're helping someone else. Yeah. So do you put that shopping cart away every time? Every time. Every time. Every you're single time. A faceless stranger. It could be someone I hated, and I would put it away. Because you're a good it. person. Yeah. That is what I, I understand. Death That's a good is about. soapbox speech. You should, yeah. Well, I like that. <laughs> Thanks, man. This I believe. That I and I do, and I do. Uh, Halo Infinite, a game I would be curious to see what the numbers are. I imagine it still probably has a core player base, as the Master Chief Collection certainly does. Uh, but Halo Infinite, there is a battle royale leak. That people are starting to see. Basically, um, the Twitter account uh, Leaks Infinite has taken a look and, and reported on. I don't know where the leaks may be um, uh, ident- uh, 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 surfaced first, but uh, the Infinite Leaks uh, Twitter account and Discord has been sort of lit up with a lot of these things. People are saying that they're seeing a lot of signals that there is a Battle Royale or a Battle Royale type game coming by um identifying things like uh, respawn in a drop pod or respawn tokens which are similar things to um like apex's respawn beacons or Fortnite's. um they're like vans i'm i'm not sure what they're called but like they're like vans where you can respawn at and stuff like that um a shrinking circle mechanic things like that uh bleed out and execution mechanics similar to apex or other battle royales uh and there's a section that um has like warzone like contracts that people can go and do things like capturing things running supplies that sort of thing so signs are pointing to a battle royale there were signs before that a battle royale could have been in there in that major leak that happened in um that was like the summer before or that was what, yeah, the summer before when that first uh, open beta test went out, network test went out where basically people had found uh, voice lines from the, the, what, what do they even call that? The guy who says kill tacular. It's saying like, I don't know, battle royale stuff like winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, that's my impression of him saying that's pretty good. that. Thank you, man. I've played. Oh, I could use a, a chicken lot of dinner. Halo. I would love a chicken dinner right now. Although I had oh, a man. had some ham soup. You ever have ham soup? Yeah, it's pretty good. Because you, you had a ham yesterday, right? Uh, we had a ham yesterday, so you just yeah. take everything uh. left over and you throw it in the soup, and that's yeah. incredible. That's anyway, that's um, yeah. So, do, I mean, I, I guess like just speculation. Do you think a battle royale is coming to Halo? They yeah. they said that they weren't doing it at launch, but I don't know if that's changed like I, within you know. The past six yeah, months. I mean, if it doesn't come out now, I would assume it's going to be in a way that Forge would be able to do something similar to that. Like, I'm sure people are creative enough to make something work yeah. at the very least. But I, I think it's a it's a free to play game. What what would hurt for them to try it? Um, another game mode, more reason for people to play. Yeah, there you go. I think the problem is going to be though with the weapons. Like, how do you how do you 
get one of the most important parts of a battle royale, which is loading up, getting the right upgrades to your weapons and stuff without doing pretty big changes to the uh, way yeah. weapons handle in the game. Um, yeah, you could have the weapons scattered around the map, but like part of Halo is you shoot something till you run out of that ammo, you get something else, go on to the next one. Yeah. Um, and if it's just going to be the same gameplay, the same core shooting with a small condensing area, is that going to be as good? I mean, is the person with the rocket launcher just automatically going to win? Well, and that's the like, thing, though, right? Like, there are way too many instant kill weapons. Like, those power weapons, any of them are right. like, you get hit one time and you are done. Right. And if you right. don't have the proper so, loadout to combat them, then you're you're out. So um, maybe the maybe they're being a little more creative with what they're going to be doing with their battle royale. So it's not like a traditional like, you know, maybe like it's more like a territory control thing. And as the map gets smaller, you lose more players or something like that. Who knows? Like there's got to be something that they do um, to make it work. Speaking to what you just said about the weapon balance, something they could do that I was surprised didn't happen was they introduced a lot of new weapons in the Halo campaign that are not in the multiplayer. There are variants oh. there are variants of every single at least all the UNSC weapons. There are variants that you can use. Do you, do yeah, you know what I'm like talking the about? Better version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like there's that sniper rifle that is not as powerful, but it has like 12 shots in its in its barrel and it's like a medium range weapon. Um that's more like a the DMR from from like Halo Reach. Um just use those. Yeah, like like throw those in the mix and now you've got a, a even bigger weapon pool of of what I don't know. But yeah, I think more weapons will help, but I still feel like getting your load out. And, yes. Yeah. And like one of the things too with Halo is all it like well, not even Halo, but like with the battle royale is you know, when you're dropped in with nothing, you want to make sure like you're you're finding the weapons that you like and I, I don't know, just in upgrading that weapon. That's part of the the reason that a battle royale is fun for me is not because I ever win, because I barely win. It's the fact that I can go in and try to like upgrade my weapons and play my own little meta game while that stuff is happening. If the whole goal is just to kill people, I don't know if that's going to be the number one thing that keeps me playing that battle royale. Yeah, I, would, I have fun yeah. playing for I have fun playing Fortnite whether I am building or just shooting or trying to win or just collecting materials and stuff. There, there's always something different to do. Yeah, that's fair. I would dip in to try it, but I don't know if this would be like my Apex group. We have all transitioned over to Fortnite for a little while as we're enjoying the no build stuff. Um, yeah, what a game! What a simple game changer. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like Fortnite, the shooting is fun. The guns are good. Like all that stuff is good. It is tight. The stuff that sucks is the is just the twitch craziness that people do when they start building that I will never have the ability to do. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. But yeah, I would I would try this. I've got a question for you. Are there too many battle royales? Um, too many big ones. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, uh, in you know between Call of Duty, mm -hmm. Apex, and Fortnite, those are the big three, right? Yeah. I mean, those are the ones that are like super, super, those super are the ones popular. That no matter what time it is on Twitch, there are people streaming like there are like professionals streaming, playing, doing it. Yes. Right. Right. And I, I just think at a certain point, I think we've talked about this before with when we were in like the for, uh, either Apex or Fortnite. There's just only so many people who can play all these games and put the time into a game like this. Yeah. Um, and what you need is other than just having a good game, you need to have enough resources to consistently support 
update, change stuff. And if Halo's proven one thing, they don't have the infrastructure to support a battle royale in a way that's going to keep it fresh for people to keep playing day in and day out. I mean, if they can't handle it with a deathmatch, how are they going to handle it with a battle royale? Right. That's going to take more resources and more time even than that. Um, Because again, the reason Halo's great, not Halo, the reason Fortnite's great is because there's always something new. Yes. Call of Duty, it's Call of Duty, but there's always something to do. Um, and how the progression in that plays into the the single player campaign stuff, and like it's like one whole thing. So you're always upgrading and making yourself better. Like that's something that people who love Call of Duty get more of, and they do update that frequently as well. Um, and then Apex, I think also. Uh, I don't know how when's the last time they had a big update, but I still think there's it's enough every three new months. stuff. Every three months, and they also don't they like run through maps a, a, a ton, so you can't just yeah. select any map. They yeah. have a ton of stuff to go off of. So, plus, Apex part of the fun thing about Apex is the unique characters that you get. Yes, that just adds. What's I think cool about the different like the differences in the big three are that like Call of Duty is a straight shooter. It is mm-hmm. a straight. Like, like it is the it is for people yeah. who played Call of Duty back in you know whenever, and just want to do that. It's perfect for that. Fortnite is cool because it has that building aspect to it that sets it apart from Apex and and Call of Duty, uh, and it has a little bit more fun in it. You know, like 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 goofiness in it. I mean, yep. And then Apex, a little bit less goofy, but it's more of it's almost a hero shooter. Yeah, like, absolutely. Sort of like uh, Overwatch or something like that, but it's not so far into that that it is like not still a fun shooter where all where all characters are viable options and maybe that is where halo could kind of like cheat in a little bit if we go back to a little bit of having specific spartans and characters Mm -hmm. that you can be Mm -hmm. that might just give it enough interesting mechanics to change things like they could put in you could be an elite you could be uh this spartan you could be this unsc person i know i it, it, you know a different guy with a different helmet's one thing but like i i still think that might be an angle they could go with it i love your idea that will never let you play as an elite in halo infinite why they said that they are not interested uh 343 industries has said that they are uninterested in telling anything that is not a spartan story which mm. is stupid because playing as the elites in Halo Three and Reach is fucking awesome. I mean, it's just so fun. It's like it's it's not that different, but it's so fun. So I mean, if if they're gonna be that difficult about it, but uh, yeah, I, get, I they, mean, give them like yeah, they could do ODSTs it with Spartans and, too, and but whatever, yeah, yeah. And like different, you know, the different, different types and... of Spartans with different like abilities and stuff. Yeah, I, I do which agree. Would be kind of cool because I think one of the things that Halo does lack our characters other than like some of the traditional like ones that we know from the first game right then the big ones yeah right right we just you just have uh cortana master chief i guess this pilot dude who everyone loves do they love um, him <laughs> i was like i was ready for master chief to kill him i was like the only reason he didn't is because he needed a ride like <laughs> do I people mean, love him you gotta be resourceful or is that, or is that resourceful. No, i don't think people okay. like like him uh, yeah i was a little slightly sarcastic but yeah but even then like that's not enough of a character to like be interesting no we do not i don't know i know we learned it i don't know his name right other than the pilot uh, guy not foe hammer uh, remember how foe was a great character and she had like 10 lines maximum but her death and when she starts di- and when she dies you're like oh fuck 
but then it's also but like, you're, oh, you're, cool, we're about to have like the yeah. best sequence. Once the music starts coming, yeah. like that makes her death better. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can't wait for the TV show to play that song. Yeah. Have you watched since? I've not. I did. I did. I'm. I'm gonna have to like. It's gonna be work to get through, for me. I think. I. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what I like. What I like least. I uh, know. Halo oh, or no. Moon Knight. What you like least? Yeah. As in they're both good or they're both bad. Oh, uh, like they're both bad. Like which one's worse? I oh, guess you don't like Moon Knight. I've heard that it's pretty good. I don't know. Like this last episode, I felt like I I missed an episode and I just started watching it. So I like watched like maybe 20 minutes of it. And I'm like, I had to have missed something like there's no reason these characters would be doing literally any of this stuff. Uh, And then went back to the previous episode. No, I did watch that episode. So then I rewatched the beginning. and I'm like, no, they're just making dumb choices left and right. All right. Cool. 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 Okay. Oscar Isaac, though. I mean, he's like, like, what a guy. Pretty pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. uh, did Did you check that um, Thor trailer out? Yeah, it looks, looks great. Uh, <laughs> it looks surprisingly I, like not surprising. I mean, like I think it's always sort of been a safe bet, but it looks pretty good. Tonally, though, I don't. I'm not getting too much of the silly tone. I mean, there's moments of it. Um, it looks pretty like could be like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll be what it is, but I didn't get the the friend from work line in it. You got to get. Uh, you watched Hunt for the Wilder People. No, that was the movie Taika Waititi did before, like right before he did. Four. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, that is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and it also makes me cry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Uh, that uh, is, I, I a recommendation for me. I'm, I'm not saying that. I, I think the movie would be great. No, I'm just, of course, yeah. I just wanted more of that silly stupidness, like that. The line when, um, when he's like looking at the people, and, you gotta like, look at the people Pratt, you love, and, like, and he's yeah. like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a good moment." It was more it of was. that is what I need. I need more of that. I agree. I think we've, I think we've reached the end of our show. Uh, Do we want to talk more about food? Uh, Do you have any food opinions, food thoughts? Um, no, not right now. <laughs> I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to get in a little bit better shape than I've been in over the past pandemic. Yeah. And, yeah. um, so I'm trying Beat to eat, saber. eat less. It's tough, man. Especially when all you want is downers delight, but I guess it's good that I can't have it now. I haven't had pizza in like three weeks. And a few it weeks really for me too. I miss it. I miss it a lot. I love, I love, Oh, we talked about this. I was going to say, what's your favorite pizza? And then I... It ain't pepperoni, friends. I know. I, I can't get into it, actually, with you. Um, oh, wait. I've definitely had pizza, like, in the last week. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, all right. Real quick. We've got... I'm going to say we're going to devote three minutes to this. Or it's our podcast, so actually, I don't care. Um, <laughs> we made the rules up. Uh, okay. So we said best pizza, like, topping... Where do you go for pizza? What is your favorite place? Uh, Papa's Pizza. It's a little establishment uh, right on the corner of Jane's and 83rd. Jane's and 83rd, um, okay. A little little strip mall there, right? It's by a subway, a hair supply studio, laundromat. It's not Papa's Na- Pizza. That, I'm, think, I'm thinking of Nancy's. Is that? No, that's Woodward. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. But Papa's, that's like my childhood place uh, oh, sure. where I, I go and I love. Did you say How something you, you cut out? Oh, okay. Oh, no. It, I love it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, no, for me, it's Beggar's, Beggar's Pizza. They're quite good. Um, I think they're like the socks 
the White Sox pizza too. Yeah, so the Beggar's Pizza um, on 63rd. Is that by the is that the Blockbuster one? Not the Blockbuster one, Family the Video family, one? The, the yeah. old Family Video, yeah. That's a little bit of a sore spot in our oh. in our house uh, oh. because my fiancé's favorite pizza was Baroni's um, that used to be right where that Beggar's Pizza was, mm. but then Baroni's closed. Took it out. Beggar's Pizza took it over. Yeah. We haven't had the the inner strength to test if they taste the same, but sure. that was like her childhood pizza place, oh, so she's missing yeah. out on it. If Papa's Pizza's ever closes, I'm going to cry. Well, it's like, why even stay here, right? Downer's Delight is gone. Yeah. Papa's Pizza I'm just gonna. Dips. Yeah, you're right. I'm it's just going like, to... We're going to Australia. They've got great pizza there. They don't, actually. They have <laughs> maybe, like, I, I think we know pizza. Like, we're from, like, you know, Chicagoland area. Like, we get it. Um, Pizza in Australia is, like, not even worth eating. It is, like, bad. And most it's like pizza- a flatbread, mate. Not even, man. I mean, there's, like, <laughs> I've I discovered this when I went out of the country that, like, oh, other places like food just tastes less. Yeah, you, you know it's like they, it they tastes use like less salt and butter. It probably. tastes like sixty percent less, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it goes. Well, hey, that is our show today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts about whether it's you know pizza places, um, did we talk about <laughs> anything other than food today? Oh dang, it I, I don't know. I'm, hour and I half am and it was definitely just wanting some pizza. Yeah, and I just had a bunch of ham soup, so I shouldn't eat anything but that's healthy though right i mean like the sodium it's like yeah the sodium's bad but other than that it's just like broth and vegetables and ham so like it can't be terrible i don't know i'm not a nutritionist but if you have any thoughts about anything that we've talked about today whether that is pizza whether that's halo infinite battle royale um sony and kojima productions uh, uh, what was that game we were talking? No Man's Sky, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and any of the subscription services as well. Whether that's talking about uh, Odd World, Guardians of the Galaxy, Game Pass, really anything. Where we'd love to hear about it on Twitter at HitboxPod. You can tweet at us, send us a DM, or you can email us at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail dot com. Whatever podcast player you're listening to this on, we would appreciate it. If you gave us a little subscription, give us a little follow, whatever verbiage they use, and then leave us a little review, whether that is a written one, that's great, or just hit those five little stars. It takes two seconds. It's pretty easy, uh, and it would mean the world to us. Am I forgetting anything, Justin? Uh, and thank you to our sponsors, Papa's Pizza and Beggar's Pizza. <sighs> Rest in peace, Downers Delight. They were our biggest sponsor for a while, and then they pulled out very unexpectedly. Um, yeah. Yes. They retired happily, it seems. Straight but. up, how do we get sponsored by either of those places? Either of those uh, places, I would take it. If we just keep saying it, is that like, can we get sued? Is Not that sued, because we're in, I mean, like, we are we're saying nice things. Nice it's my favorite things. pizza place. Yes. That, no, that is that is not suable to my nice. media law understanding. Yeah. Which yeah. consists of a single class in college that I don't really remember. That's more than me. I just took the class of common sense, and I don't have much of it, so. I think you're a, a wise guy, Justin. Thank I said you. that re- like I didn't believe it, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about how to word it. But, hey, thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you next week on Hitbox Day. Always remember, old games are old. See you later. Bye. Bye.
I'll stop recording. <laughs>